0: Hello and welcome to the Alternative History Podcast. I am Rodrigo Monaco Barros and this is Brian Fisher. Welcome and good evening. The Alternative History Podcast, we give you a topic, we tell you what happened, we debate whether or not something else should have happened, an alternative history.
1: Yeah, so we just kind of talk about it and uh, talk about what specifically happened and then determine... Through that, if we think the result should have been different.
0: For example, last week we discussed the 1982 Milwaukee Brewers, and uh, determined that they did. I determined they deserved an alternative history. Yeah,
1: me too. Uh, they, uh, they, they were, they were, in my opinion, clearly better than the St. Louis Cardinals.
0: Ran into some injuries, had bad luck, and just yeah. couldn't do it. And and that's basically the point. We want to talk about stuff that could have been, stuff that should have been, things that didn't get that optimal result. At the end, we discuss what goes into our own alternative alternative universe, our alternative history. Brian has one; I have three things that have gone into the alternative universe. Yeah,
1: yeah. I uh, I gave the old negativo to the jazz
0: singer and Metallica. And we'll, you know, like I say, we want you guys to think about this, talk about this, discuss it with us. You can always reach us at Twitter. You can always reach us at email. You can reach us at uh, American History po- American History Alternative History uh, Podcast, at Gmail and alternative history
1: uh twitter is alternative history at alt history pc
0: feel free to reach out to us on how we're doing or if you think we suck uh and so this year or this week uh we're gonna stay in that wonderful year of 1982 yeah last episode we were
1: talking about it we 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 just kind of briefly talked about some movies and music that came out turned out 1982 seemed like an awesome year. It got even better when the
0: Brewers won the World Series in, in our alternative universe. Um, so, before we talk about what happened that year, we're going to talk about this uh, this alternative history. We're going to talk about the 1982 World Cup. We're going to talk about the Brazilian national team. Uh, I feel, or we're going to present the thesis that this team should have won the World Cup and deserves an alternative history. Yeah. So, so before we get there, let's talk about 1982.
1: 1982. So, last time we talked about 1982, we kind of talked, you know, about pop culture things. So, um, we'll get a little bit more of that, trying to broaden the spectrum. spectrum a little bit about what what was going on in the world. So, start with a little bit more pop culture. Thriller was released by MJ, Alice man known by his initials. Everybody knows how big that yeah, album was. Yeah, I mean, that was... That was, I mean, I listened to it nonstop with my brother on a Popeye record player. Like, I've seen the video so many we just, times, dude. Just constantly listening to it. It was awesome. Yeah, this was awesome. I um, uh, David Letterman uh, premiered on his late show uh, in February. Um, what else happened? Cal Ripken Jr. started his streak. Um, and the video game Pitfall was released by Atari for the Atari 2600. I don't know if anyone... I listening is aware <laughs> of what the Atari Twenty Six Hundred is, but it's basically it was Minecraft before Minecraft, and it was it was all we had back then, basically. It was it, it started was, the revolution of
0: yeah. uh, what do you want to call it, home console systems yeah, for sure. Exactly. Uh, also, San Francisco Four ers beat the Bengals in the eighty two Super Bowl yes. in Detroit. I believe that was Montana's first <laughs> thing, for Super Bowl. I think you're correct on that. It was like I say, eighty two was a big, big year. So...
1: Moving further out, uh, we we're we we're in the middle of Cold War with Russia, 1982 uh, in Poland. Solidarity was banned. Um, it was Solidarity was roughly it was like a labor movement. Ended up being one of the linchpins in helping bring down communism um, later on. Um, Lebanon War was going on between Israel, and they invaded Lebanon. It was kind of between Israel and Palestine, but I won't get through, get into all the nitty-gritty on that. Uh, the the Falkland, Falkland War was going on between Argentina and the U.K. over an island off the coast of Argentina that there was some dispute over. Um, Brazil. In Brazil, they were transitioning from a military dictatorship uh, that was going on since 1964, and they were... Uh, Starting elections for for governors. first time, like yeah. you said, like yeah. ever.
0: It was a, it was a big deal. It was a yeah. time of great uh, what do you want to call it? Social change in Brazil. Yeah. In so yeah,
1: ways. it was it was totally total different world than it was right now than it is right now. Right. So.
0: Totally agree. And so, in this backdrop, uh, the 1982 World Cup is held in Spain, right? And before we talk about this 82 World Cup, uh, just let me give you guys a quick a quick quick brief brief history of Brazilian soccer, and then. T V rights and why that has a big deal on this A two World Cup. Maybe
1: before we get into anything we should just make a disclaimer that you are a huge soccer fan by yes.
0: all accounts. Me not so much. Not so much. And this is why we're doing these things. We wanna research, study, and debate about shit that we might not know about so we can tell a good story. My
1: most of my soccer came from watching my brother and my cousin play for the Croatian Eagles when I was a kid.
0: Which many Americans have similar experiences. So, so I don't I never
1: really it. I never played it. Uh was never really interested in it. Most I know is from talking with you about it. Um, But I did do a lot of research into this team, and I did find out some interesting things. Perfect.
0: Very good. Let's get started then. So, for you guys that are not aware, Brazil's won five World Cup championships. They won from 1958 to 1970. They won three, so in four tournaments, uh, a 12-year stretch. It was probably the most dominant anybody's ever been in soccer. Uh, Pelé was on on those teams. Uh, The 1970 team... Is essentially considered the greatest team in the world. Uh, part of that, in my opinion, was a because they played very good soccer, but it was also uh, they had yellow jerseys and they were a of color. It was the first time people got to really see this. Prior to so that, soccer was in black and white. You had some people with color, yeah. don't get me wrong. But I heard, so I heard
1: something that Brazil used to wear white jerseys and then some. They 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 had some he, huge
0: failure and then they
1: they yes. basically
0: changed it. You hit it around right that. Is it yellow? So prior to the 1958, prior to that golden run that they had from 58 to 70, they've been to every World Cup. They still have been to every World Cup to date. But up to that point, they've been to every World Cup. They hosted the 1950 tournament. Uh, as you say, war white. They were beating the shit out of everybody. They got to the last game. They were winning. They had the championship in hand, and they end up choking yeah. out to Uruguay, their arch rivals. There are sto- there are stories there are stories that this 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 game was held at the Maracana Stadium. It's a huge huge stadium in Brazil in Rio. There are stories that people were leaping from the Raptors to their death after this game. Like like it was a traumatic loss. People still refer to it as Um Maracanazo, which is like the big loss at the Maracana. Like it's a big. It's it's a part of their cultural like identity. Was losing this game. So like. After they lost that, they never wore that white jersey again. In fact, I, I've only seen them, no, I've never seen them wear a white jersey. So it would then. be
1: akin to like the, uh, the two thousand after the 2014
0: Packers Seattle loss. If we never like, would wear if green if and we gold. If we stopped wearing green and gold, changed it a to like bit, red. A little bit like that. So needless to say, the nation is essentially synonymous with soccer, right? And they had this great run. All of his players are, are are really good. They have players like Pele, like Romario, like Ronaldo, Ronaldinho, Neymar, who's in the there news today. There is one today. player
1: that I wanted to mention, for 1982, he was, he was born in 1982.
0: Uh, Kaká. His name is Kaká. Also, another world awesome. legend. Awesome name. <laughs> uh, might have been my first word, but <laughs> very good. No, and so these clubs, these players, basically start their careers at Brazilian clubs, and so for a long time. Brazilian clubs are able to compete with the European teams tactically and fiscally, right? Uh, and it, it's it's and you see this essentially in a competition called the Toyota Cup. So the Toyota Cup was a championship essentially of the two best teams in the world, mm-hmm. the European champion and the Latin American champion. So Latin American tournament is the Copa Libertadores. The European championship is the U, the European Champion League. And they always play each other at the end of the year in this one off type game. It wasn't a real championship, but it was like an unofficial championship. In the year 2000, FIFA wants to get involved. They come up with this World Club Championship and come up with a more uh, official World Club Championship, World Club Tournament. Uh, 2000, it doesn't happen again. Uh, the tournament first is held in 2000. FIFA loses its financial partners. They don't hold it again until 2005. Uh, since 2005 in its current format, and including in 2000, European teams have won this year this World Club Championship 9 times. Brazilian teams have won it 4 times. They're the only team stopping South American domination. The reason this is important is because in the Toyota Cup format, it was actually 22 to 21 in terms of South American teams beating European teams. And so what ends up happening, the reason that this happens is that I guess for a lack of a better term, the the postmodern era of soccer, starts in 1970. That's after Brazil wins. Like, this is where teams now start to get defensive. They start, like, result, becoming result-oriented. Like
1: Pragmatic, I think, is the word you use. They're basically right not to lose. Exactly. Like, the way
0: I talk about it, like, I don't want to bore people. Let's say a common formation is 4-3-3. Three, three. That's four defenders, three midfielders, three forwards. My dad would tell me that back in the day, there were formations like 4-2-4. Four, four. So, four defenders, two midfielders. Four forwards, or yeah. even shit like three, three, four. So position that no longer exists. Like you'd have a left outside winger, a left inside, a right inside, and then a right side outside winger. So like basically to goal score goals, right? This is this was the point of the game. It's always been. It'd be the quickest way to win a game it, would be to outscore your opponent. Yeah, but again, so teams started to get a little more uh, defensive. They didn't want this shit to happen anymore. They didn't want they didn't want these teams to start. They, just, they wanted to come up with new ways to win games, obviously. You had to come up with different things. You couldn't compete with teams like this, right? I mean, if you didn't have a chance to really play offense, you might as well deal. And so they started dealing up. It started getting a little negative, getting a little boring. It is what it is. That's the way soccer is played. Uh, and what ends up happening after 1970, like, uh, I'm jumping ahead here. So after 1970, Brazil struggles in a couple World Cup, 82 World Cup, it's supposed to be very good. But we'll get to that in one second. Just, just give me a minute here. Uh, what ends up happening is in the 90s, TV gets involved considerably, like here in the United States. So the 94 World Cup hits, yeah. and uh, it's a big deal. That
1: was the first time I remember watching soccer, is 94.
0: So leading up to that World Cup, in 1992, there was a, or 91, 92, there's this channel here in milwaukee you might remember it because you had cable it was called sports channel america it's now it's now essentially i don't have time on our cable or whatever the system is but it's there's there's like a local spectrum cable channel yeah yeah that channel was that it's morphed a bunch of times okay but back then it was the only place where i could watch soccer like there was a gillette sports world show and there was an epl highlight show like before that you could watch Mexican soccer on the Spanish International Network, which no longer exists. Or you could watch German highlights on PBS. That was it. 91, all of a sudden you start watching EPL and then other world highlights. Uh, in 92, ESPN gets the Champions League, which is the fir- on, on television all the time. Mm-hmm. Univision broadcasts the Euro Championship in 1992. And they start broadcasting South American qualifiers for the World Cup. So for this 94 World Cup, all of a sudden, American fans had an actual basis of knowledge for teams and players in this tournament. And it ends up being a very good tournament. It's actually fun to watch. Good games. The final's a little boring. ends up being 0-0. Nobody cares about that shit. It was kind of lame. But whatever. Like, It has this inadvertent effect because we, are, we now consume soccer. It shows that America wants to consume this game. 1996, the MLS starts. It was going pretty good, like, but it's not the same as watching the the best teams in the world. That Sports Channel America rebrands itself somehow, and then all of a starts all of a sudden starts broadcasting, uh, starts broadcasting English Premier League soccer at least once a week. So now American fans are constantly watching soccer, or at least beginning to, mm-hmm. and uh, and this is a big deal because the way it plays out is that or how can I played it, like today, for example. If we turn on my TV right now, I bet you we could watch soccer, without a question. And this is summer, no seasons on. When there's seasons on, you could probably watch two or three games a day if you really tried. Like, this was not always like that. And the reason it matters is because they're able to... Because of the cable contracts, these, these European teams get a lot more money than everybody else does. The other thing that we end up finding out is that because so many people want to watch soccer in America... They start doing these uh, European tours or these these European teams start doing tours of the nations. So they go to the United States all the time. Like back in the day, you might have a, a Bayern unit come to Miami, come to New York, come to Boston, and then dip out and play local teams, right? Now you have like Bayern play Real in New York. And then the next week, like Barca plays Juventus in, in California. Like it didn't, it wasn't like that. You know what I mean? Like... Secondly, in the ninety eight World Cup, just a couple of years later, uh, Japan fails to qualify, but they host the tournament in 2002. So they also see this great market in Asia for television, right? Big market for Asia in the United States for television, which wasn't there before. So all of a sudden, cable packages start buying rights to leagues. The, the best teams in the world, say in Italy, Germany, and Spain, they negotiate their own deals. So the top, top teams make all the money. In England, they kind of negotiate a deal like what the NFL has, where it's a, uh, I can't remember the term am looking for, but it's salary cap, or, or their salary cap is a little more even. Okay. So all of a sudden, England, weak teams in England, have the money to buy superstars. So they start depleting all the rest of the leagues, they start taking all the players from all over the world, and now the EPL has, I'm telling you, scrub ass teams have just got unbelievable players, the rest of the leagues have struggled because they didn't have the right cable contracts, except for those top teams and the teams that get into the Champions League. Because again, they're on ESPN; they're getting their money. So, so this is important. I don't want to waste too much time, but this is important. More than they
1: already have. More than I have. This is important yeah.
0: because the way it plays. Sorry, out. I caught
1: a quick nap while you were.
0: The way it plays out is up until that point. Sorry, I'll be quick. Up until that point, clubs or the Brazilian national teams were made up of players mainly from Brazilian domestic leagues. So, this 82 team is one, of the, is one of the first teams that has one player playing in an international league and the rest of the players are playing at home.
1: Yeah, from what I understand,
0: that was... By, which is team. unheard of now. Like, when you look at the 2014 team, which wasn't a very good team, but they got someone else. I don't think they had one starter playing in the Brazilian domestic league. Yeah. And again, so the point I'm making is that all of a sudden there's all this money going into the European teams and depleting, they've depleted all the Latin American ability to really compete on a, on a fair level. Yeah, This 82 well, team is yeah. one of the last teams where it's not the case. Like, they're homegrown, and they're coming to play. Sure. And this is why it's a big deal to talk about this. Again, I don't want to bore but I know it gets a little boring, so I just want to make sure I make that clear that now the European leagues dominate everything. This is why you see it in that championship that very few teams can compete, except for the Brazilians. We're still, we're still all right. But prior to that, everybody else could compete with them. Now we can't compete. So... The other, the other mainstreaming of this game occurs in 2008 to 2012 when Spain wins everything. And everybody starts watching it here in the United States because now we've had 20 years of the game being on television. And so after this tournament, after this 2008-2012 run, is when I start hearing American fans actually speak knowledgeably of the game. And when I say American fans, I mean folks who were born here. I'm not talking about like, you know, kids of people from different countries you know I'm saying? I'm talking about like foreigners. I'm talking about like born and bred Americans who played soccer, grew up here, who can now actually talk about the game.
1: I will not be one of those people by any means. Okay. And when I talk about soccer, it will basically be like someone trying to, like someone giving directions without knowing any of the streets.
0: So Understood. I'll yeah. just be like, the man like
1: kicked the ball, so, and the other man dropped, stopped it.
0: But you, but you now know about face. this A2 team, and we're going to mainly talk about the A2 team. So the main sure. thing I wanted to say was that. The 1970 team is considered the greatest team of all time. This 2010 Spain team is now in that conversation, and after Spain won their thing, it was the first time that I started hearing teams, or started hearing like professional analysts, if you will, really place this 82 team as one of the great teams of all time. Like I know about them. Like like I'm from Brazil. Like you know I play soccer all the time. I have plenty of people we know about this team, but I never knew that they were considered to be such a great team.
1: I had no idea they even existed until about two weeks that's ago. the point I'm making. But so,
0: so as I'm doing more and more research, I was like, or as I talk to more and more people, I was like, how can you consider a team that didn't win the greatest team of all time? You know what I mean? Like, I, I just, I had a problem with that. Yeah. But I wanted to still explore a little bit and do so, a little more research. And I'm like, wow, this team is really, really good. And I don't, now I want to discuss, like I say, now that I bore people who hit the history of soccer, the history of, of may, talented they, There may not be anyone left <laughs> But now so let's get into the A2 World so Cup. If, if,
1: if you were wondering uh how this all happened and you just came back from that 10-minute <laughs> diatribe um yeah so we're we're talking about the 82 World Cup team and and from my layman's perspective and the research I did I kind of I kind of fell in love with the team because they just seemed like they just they were they they're were kind of they just seemed kind of like a ragtag group of guys that were put together that just loved playing soccer, soccer. and they played what I guess what they called the beautiful game. Jogo Bonito or mean, football art? It, yes. It seemed, and, and this is maybe a convoluted, not convoluted, but.
0: Talking about convoluted. Antiquated. The champion of it. <laughs>
1: antiquated uh, uh, comparison, but it seemed like, you know, how like jazz was in the 20s, where it was just real uh, imp- improvisational. Um, they didn't adhere to uh, anyone's standards of how soccer should be played. They kind of did whatever the hell they wanted to. Attack. Um, they were supposed to kick the ball straight. They kicked it Curved. sideways. Yeah, they did all kinds of shit. So no, it's like absolutely. I mean, like I, said, I, don't, I don't, I don't, I know next to nothing about soccer. So, but, and and the team, the, the two guys that stood out to me when I was researching them were uh, Zico. Um, he was pretty much the best. Their star, player, their star absolutely. Player.
0: They're they're coming in the coming in the And zone you'll so have to far.
1: explain this to me too. Uh, so. They kept on some I kept on hearing that he was he might have been one of the best number tens ever so I've noticed a lot of uh, uh, top players will wear number 10hmm uh, what, what's what's up with that
0: it's similar to the 23 in basketball but essentially uh, the initial soccer tactics they're set up by positions one through 11 okay and in the old days before you had these rosters of up to 18 or 22 your position was your what's number your
1: number all right so like in like a like, official scoring in baseball.
0: Uh, kind of. Yeah. Exactly. Almost perfect analogy. And so, how can I explain this? The number 10 is often given to the creative offensive player, the creative offensive playmaker. Mm-hmm. So, Brazil's number 10s, our most famous was Pele. We later have, like you said, Zico, uh, the next one. There are a bunch of them, but we have Ronaldinho, who's another great player yeah. in Argentina. Maradona was the number 10. Whatever. It, it's the big number. So, it's similar to Michael Jordan being number 23. And then LeBron be the number twenty three. ten, right? Huh? Messi's, Messi's the number ten. Yeah. Everybody that's it. You you know you know what he Alright, like.
1: so if you know if you see the number ten, he's gonna do something really, really Talk awesome. Fantastic like, player. Just watch ten.
0: Exactly. All and right. then who's the other player you probably
1: Oh, uh, uh Socrates. Not only did he have a, a kick ass name, but <laughs> the guy just seemed like so I don't understand how you could he smoked He's well he first he was a doctor, right? Like <laughs> This that alone kid. would probably be hard enough to accomplish. Besides well, being soccer. a world-class soccer player, yes. then uh,
0: he uh, he smoked two packs of cigarettes a day. kept them playing. That's insane. <laughs> I can't. Like I was dumb in my life, you know. I, I smoked cigarettes at a younger yeah. age. I played soccer, but I, I, mean, I was not smoking no two packs a day out there. I would have been. I would have died. You know what I mean? I, don't know what I what mean, he was
1: doing it. contrary to what I thought, I was doing on you know like a. A, a school parking lot basketball court. <laughs> your, we're out here. We're I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't professional. Right. And I wasn't. I didn't have a PhD while I was doing it, and I was smoking cigarettes. So, I just. It just seems like. It seems to me that it's just. It's such a weird combination of things. And then to find out that he died from septic shock from eating uh, some like tainted beef stroganoff.
0: Can you imagine that shit? Like, just, it
1: just. It just seems like a really. Terrible he seems like a, like a real interesting guy and I would probably want to uh, learn more about him after this but uh, those two guys they seem like they were the heart and soul of the team and well definitely so it was, it was, these, from what I hear it was Socrates team
0: Absolutely these are two players that really came into prominence in Brazilian soccer in the late 1970s and so as I say this was supposed to be the the this is the post Pele era and this is supposed to be the the next great Brazilian team Yeah and and so when I was talking about that, uh, the TV rights, I apologize for boring everybody again. I'm sorry, but I gotta bring it up one more time. 1994 World Cup was the first time I saw Brazilian qualifiers for a World Cup, I'd never seen that before. And so, leading into this World Cup, the 82 World Cup, Brazil blew everybody out in their qualifying group. They won on aggregate 11 to 2 over four games, like they never lost, they just beat up on people, and to qualify. For the actual tournament, they did it in spectacular fashion, beating Venezuela 5-0. And Caca was not on and
1: that
0: team, no, right? no, 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 Kaká on that he team. And so, leading <laughs> up to this tournament, like, they were really playing at a very high level. So, after 1974, the tournament, the Brazilian team was favored. They didn't do very well. Whatever, you crash out, it happens every now and then. The 1978 team which, after doing research for this 82 team, might have been the actual team that we should have done an alternative history on because this team, the 1978 team, was cheated. There's room for more than one Brazilian Fair national team on what t- point is, this podcast. The 78 I think. team, what went undefeated, was the only team that, that was one of the few teams that had never lost a game and were knocked out of the tournament because of some controversial, what do you want to call it, schedule changing by the host nation, Argentina. Essentially, Brazil had the game at the same time that Argentina had their game, Brazil played their game. Argentina changed their game's schedule so they knew what the results were.
1: So they knew what they had to do. They, they knew did. what they had
0: to do. And then they just there was some of sort of... Score,
1: soccer, in scoring a, barrage.
0: Exactly. And they just say that there six. was like some dirty shit that went on with the, with the Argentinian army and the Peruvian team that they were playing. So all of a sudden, Peru loses 6-0. Brazil is knocked out of that tournament. So this 82 team is supposed to be a return to form. We're going to play yeah. aggressive soccer. We're going to play attacking soccer. We're going to play for fun. Soccer is equal are lighting it up in the Brazilian League. They are essentially the cornerstones of this national team. They're supposed to be really, really good players. Like I say, out of nowhere, they dominate their qualifiers and just blow everybody out. Coming into this World Cup, they're now the, one of the favorites. Yeah, Period. I
1: heard 81, they went to Europe and they beat uh, France, White. West Germany, and uh, I forget who else. They I beat. want to say England or something like that. Some England, big team, yeah, maybe yeah. Italy. And, was big, the, I think it was England, yeah. It wasn't Italy. I think it was France, England? France, England, and West West
0: Germany. And they believe them all pretty good, too. Yeah. Like It was all like 3-0s, 4 ones yeah. like I can't exactly remember it. I don't want to be quoted, but I know. That's it. You're, you're hitting it right at World Cup qualifying campaign, pre-World Cup games. There's this feeling that Brazil's back. Like, okay, we're about to do this shit again. This is what it seems like. And it starts out pretty good. I, you saw the videos. I, I watched the videos. That first game against the Soviet Union, they end up winning 2-1 to one. Yeah, they said. Uh,
1: from what I heard, some of the players were saying that they were a little nervous about the game. It's first world, their first World Cup game. Yes. You oh, know, before you said it. So one thing were, I want to say, you just
0: was a sleepless night, a little nerves. Um. There was one player on the '82 team that was a holdover from the '1970 World Cup team. So like '70. So like yeah, yeah, there was one player on that squad. Yeah, right. So otherwise, it was a whole new shit. Like they were ready to they were ready to move on from that era. It was it was post Pele. Let's go. You know what I mean? Sure. And they were attacking. Uh, they beat, like I say, the first game 2-1. to one. Uh, What I want to talk about, I don't want to bore people with stats, bore people with numbers. Hopefully you guys watched some of this shit. You saw the goals. The goals that they scored in that game, or at least the, goal, the game-winning goal, was a play where, like, it was like a combination play. The Brazilian left the goal between his legs. Another guy lifted it up and just rips it into the upper corner. You know what's a good goal when the goalkeeper doesn't move.
1: And if you, if you, I've you, seen that happen a couple times in the goals that I saw.
0: Like that's it. The keeper like, he like had
1: no idea what was going to happen. It just
0: it just passed him. He couldn't, yeah. It
1: happened so fast he couldn't. Me either. watching it, knowing absolutely nothing about soccer, I'm like, why didn't you just? Why stop didn't you stop the
0: ball? It? But you couldn't. It, it was it was yeah. just a beautiful, what? beautiful goal. So two to one. You said it best. All these young stars. All these young guys. A little bit didn't, a little underwhelming. Not the most impressive performers, Whatever. I believe the next game was against is it Northern Ireland or uh, New Scott, Scotland? I think. Scotland. Thank you. Uh,
1: they won that four to one. Four to one. They went down in that one too. Came back four goals, and that one that was the one where I saw that he, they someone hit hit one against against the to the keeper. The keeper didn't even move; like he just oh, froze. Just froze. And he just kind of turned around and looked at the ball, like what the hell just happened? How are you supposed to go to that? How can you stop that? <laughs> shit? Exactly. Uh,
0: and then I think the last game. Was uh, New Zealand? New Zealand. Yeah. No, 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 Thank you. Four nothing. Another four nothing. So we're ho. This team is hooping. You know what I mean? Like, like one of the big max Americans have about the game is that there's not enough goals being scored. In the first round, this team has outscored his opponents ten to two. Yeah, just I mean, those dying. are all.
1: Those are all like uh, acceptable baseball scores. I mean, thank you. So
0: one thing that I f- they were
1: playing. It's. Uh, I mean, it seemed like they were living up to their beautiful game, high octane. Everyone wants to watch
0: this kind of soccer.
1: Um, Got it. Reputation.
0: One thing I forgot to talk about in my brief history of the World Cups. So the way the tournaments are, sk- are laid out. Uh, in '82 was the first time that they had 24 teams in the World Cup. So in '78, and '74 they had they still had 16. So they had to do this weird finagling to get the right numbers. Uh, and they kind of copied the standard or they copied the format of the '74 and '78 World Cups to a degree, which was a weird format. So basically, the way we have soccer now is that you have eight groups. The top two qualify, and then they play each other in knockout stage. It's kind of been that way since '82 or since '86 rather, where you know the top two teams, and then the best third place gets in, and then they knock, knock each other out. The '74 and '78, they had they had whatever all their groups. The top player, the top teams in their groups moved on, and the top play, the top teams in those groups went on to meet each other in the final as opposed to having a semifinal or quarter final knockout stage. So again, that seventy-eight tournament was a little bit weird. This eighty-two World Cup was set up that way, except that the top two teams would then move on and play in quarterfinals, semifinals after their second group stage. So Brazil qualified hands down for this next group. No issue. The next group is now with Argentina and with Italy. Argentina is the current World Cup holder at this time for this tournament. Yeah. And they have Diego Armando Maradona, who ends up being the greatest player of all time. Like, this was a big game. Like, we let me rephrase that. Brazilians and Argentinians don't get along, especially when it comes to soccer. Like, yeah, it's like our he, rival. We're talking Packers, Bears, whatever you want to say. Like, yeah. whoever rivalry you can think of, that's, like, one of our main international rivalries in the game. Uh, Brazil and Argentina face off in this hot, highly contested, charged game. Fouls, all kinds of shits going on. Brazil wins two to one, and in this game, Diego Maradona gets a red card because he stomps he's, really yeah, deep like, in the nuts. Yeah,
1: he uh, he kind of came <laughs> with like a. I mean, he's only like five five, I guess. Right, he's a little guy, but he he came and he like he came flying out of nowhere and just like obviously you just see it.
0: Cleat, cleats the balls. Yeah, it's, balls, it's yeah. not cool. Like it, it was like it you was, could puncture uh, his scrotum. Like that's that's a serious, super shit, dirty, man. It was, it was super cheap. And uh, and whatever, like the vi- the video that we watched for this was a the '82 official World Cup film, narrated by Sean Connery, and I thought he had a pretty good like like good little you know piece of the the king of the boy who would be king later, and talk about how this yeah. played out for this tournament. It, it, it was good, like it, it was an interesting experience. The reason I bring this up to he was 21 years old. He was left off the 1978 team. Yeah, 17 year old.
1: Because I, I I was reading up on him because he just seems. He's a kind of interesting guy. Superstar. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they left him off the 78 squad, and they ended up winning it without him. Without so it's him. it's kind of a exactly. blow, blow to his tiny ego.
0: <laughs> you <laughs> you <know? will. laughs> and so uh, I can't even remember what happens between Italy and Argentina. It ends up not really mattering. The big game in that round is Brazil versus... So Italy, Italy
1: obviously beat Argentina.
0: Did they, I, I, I believe yeah. you. am yeah. you're absolutely yeah. right. They
1: beat them. Um, they only gave up one goal, and I believe they scored... Three, was it 3-1 that they beat them? I can look oh, it up. Yeah, I think it was you're right. It was, yeah, I think it was you're
0: two right, 2-1. And in Italy, before sorry, anybody knows, before we continue too much with Brazil, Italy at this point is a two-time World Cup champion winner. Argentina is a one-time World Cup champion winner. This was the group. Uh, Italy the Group of death, if you if it. you will. Yep. Italy had uh, had barely qualified for this tournament. Their star had been suspended for a couple mm-hmm. years. His name was Paolo Rossi. He was suspended for gambling.
1: Yeah, well, he was, he got caught up in some kind of like game fixing uh, scandal, cheer, some some kind. Of, from what I read, it was like it was it, it was being handled by some shop owners in in Italy, and it just turned into a huge scandal. He was he was supposed to be. Uh, Suspended for three years. I didn't know it. He appealed it. It got knocked down to two. He's, to this day, he still claims that he was innocent and that he had nothing to do with it. But, I mean, that's what most guilty people do, right? I mean, <laughs> going to admit it. Like, why? Like, you know, you might as well just take it to your grave, right? Exactly. Like, especially after you won the World Cup, right? You're the hero. Like, he's, he's single-handedly hero. destroyed, like... like Brazil. He, he basically, from what I understand, he played like shit until
0: that round. Until but oh, exactly. So before we get there, you're absolutely right. Italy had So you can see why he would lie. <laughs> Italy had not won a game in this World Cup. They were undefeated but they'd only had three draws. Yeah. I don't think they'd give up I don't think they'd only got win. one one draw, but they got they had three draws. <laughs> exactly. I don't think that they'd given up any goals going into the into that second round like you said. But I think they'd only scored two goals. I think they they tied games one to one. I'm not even sure what it was. Like I, I might be wrong. It might have just all zero-zeros. I don't know, but it, it was basically the kind of Soccer
1: that it was the antithesis of what Brazil, Brazil was doing, doing. It, in their
0: first round, and they were very underwhelming. But like I say, they, they wake up for that second round and they beat the shit out of Argentina. So it's set up now. Italy is going to play Brazil before you know Italy plays Brazil as the tournament's going on elsewhere. Germany is doing very well, and Poland is doing very well. Like, like yeah, they become non-factors, in my opinion, because. We talk about them in a second, but in terms of the story, the real game here is Italy versus Brazil.
1: Yeah, and from what from what I hear, this a lot of people were say that this is one of the best World Cup games, if not the best World Cup game.
0: I've actually heard a couple. I, I, I my dad will tell you that the nineteen seventy like uh, Italy Germany game was the greatest game of all time. It's four to three. I would think
1: anyone who got anything to do with. Any stake in the Brazilian team would probably not want to say that this is one of the best, the best World Cup games I would,
0: I agree. I, well, I've watched plenty of games, so uh, and I've watched this game or most of this game on tape. I don't think it's the greatest game ever. I don't even think it's the greatest game of this tournament. Uh, the greatest game of this tournament ends up being France versus Germany in the semifinals. And and I'm not sure if you got to end up watching that video, but. In this game, well,
1: I did watch some of it, but then Stella took a gigantic uh, shit. I I yeah, take care of that. Business. <laughs> I had to take, take care of, that business. of it, so I didn't get it back around
0: to it. But, but th- this game is that, that semifinal game versus France and Germany. I think it ends up being 1 1 in regular time. In overtime, France scores two really, really good goals. Germany comes back, scores two more good goals, makes it 3 3. France has this breakaway. They're 1 1 with the keeper. He's about to win the game. And this goalie comes out like hip and ass first into some dude's face, knocks <laughs> him out. No foul, no penalty, nothing. It's just like the most egregious egregious foul you've ever seen. They don't call it. It goes on. Germany is winning in PKs. But that was one of the few games like this Italy Brazil game that we'll be talking about that there were goals, that there was passion, that there was excitement. Like like other people say that the tournament had plenty of that. But from what I've seen and what I've seen in other World Cups. That was the greatest game. This Italy Germany game was an excellent, or Italy Brazil game was an excellent game. But the reason we can't put it on such a high level is because there were mistakes, yeah, if you will. Yeah, we'll, and we'll get that in a second. Whereas, like, I don't know how to put this. It's hard to say. Like, when I say when I see greatest games or greatest things, I sure there are some mistakes. But like, it's a matter of you doing the best and not necessarily you taking advantage of an error. I'm not saying that you don't do that in sports. You don't win by taking advantage. Of course, you do. I, I get that. But it's better when both folks are, or both opposition, are playing at the best level, yeah. and something—it's not a matter of mistakes. Uh, maybe I'm wrong in that, but so so going back to the Italy, Brazil game, uh, you saw it. I believe that Italy starts out one nothing.
1: Yeah, it was, a, it was a cross field. I don't know what you call that. It was a field. bad
0: pass in the center of the back. Yes, yeah. a, a defender tried to pass it across the middle.
1: And the 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 little. Uh, uh, cheat came in And, 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 and headed, it. headed it, was, it Was it a header? Or I what? don't think it was
0: that I think he just picked out the pass And went in one on one And just finished it Okay, But yeah. whatever So it one nothing
1: So he scored that was, He scored Right And then one nothing And then
0: Brazil fights back Yeah the, your, your man Socrates Scores a very nice goal yeah, To and the year I, post So
1: uh, And I didn't know This was a, a a Huge concern With soccer players But they Made reference That he had Small feet On that video I think when he scored that Powell goal, did it really? No, no, no. That that Socrates had small feet. Oh, I didn't uh, know that. Sean Connery. Oh no, shit. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really, Sean Connery is concerned with the size of people's feet. <laughs> they said he had long legs and small feet, and not very athletic. They're,
0: well, I mean, you can see that. He's Obviously,
1: like, he, he was really good at soccer, right? Big just kind of
0: hating on him. Could be a little bit. Whatever. Fair enough. He Funny ends enough. up scoring a really, really nice goal. Like uh, it was like uh, I think that. He was a doctor, right? I think Sean Connery made reference to that goal having surgical precision or something like yeah, that. Like he, yeah. And it was a very well-placed goal. You see it. He puts it where a keeper can't get to it. One to one, looking pretty good. I think in the second half, there's a corner kick. Brazil fails to clear it out. Well, and- that wasn't the second goal. The second goal was when they – was it – it was
1: a cro- that kick that went across the
0: – I thought that was the first goal when he picked him off. What was the second goal?
1: No, the first goal was when he, he – maybe I mean if dude, I'm if I'm correcting you on this, there's a chance that it him. might be right. I might be wrong too, it's called well, But yeah. the order that I saw it in was was the cross cross kick and then he looked like he kinda headed it in. The second one was when they were the the goal the keeper kicked at some like I said Do it that's fine, I don't worry about it. Directions something. without street names. I'm all um, good. The keeper kicked kick- it to some other dude on, on Brazil. Brazil. He kicked it across the field and then Rossi came in and picked it off. Okay, I and think And then he scored it. I think you're right. I think I, I and got that the wrong. The go-ahead score was what? Before the, we get there. You're right. No, you're right. You're right. So, so when he picked that one off cross that cross field kick, he picked Rossi picked that off, scored. scored one Made it 2 one. to 1. Made it 2 to 1, yeah.
0: So then the only Brazilian starter playing in a foreign league, plays in Italy, his name is Falcao, it translates in English to the Falcon. Falcao's playing, Sweet. I think in a place called Udinese. Uh, he ends up scoring a wonderful goal for Brazil and tying the game two to two. He scored from top of the eighteen. He did like a beautiful little hip fake, finished it. Yeah, fantastic. So
1: at this point in the game, from what I understand, they at this point they're they can just they're through basically lay down in front of the stack themselves up in front of the goal. I don't know if that's legal or not. Just basically play. Insane defense, and not, then they're they're in they're in the, the the semifinals. Not
0: even that insane defense. You're right. At this point, the way it's played out, they just need a draw to qualify. If they yeah. tie the game, they're through. Yep, and they, yeah. that's it. And instead of tying or instead of playing for the result, they wanted to they, they score more goals.
1: And I, I heard him. I heard it said some. I, I think it was Zico said it that they they wanted to. They never tried to win ugly they yeah. wanted to play the
0: beautiful game that's it no
1: and, and you're, you're, the, the motto of the team the theme of the team was they would rather
0: lose beautifully than win ugly which is that's that's kind of it i mean you you're kind of explaining it perfectly and and that back to what you said about the antithesis which was italy they played good defense they took advantage of mistakes and sure enough at 2-2 two two, yeah brazil makes another mistake on defending a corner kick give up a kind of a soft ass goal and now was 3-2 and brazil is eliminated from the world cup like, the reports and stuff I've seen, they they say that like the the, the Spanish press wrote some shit like the World Cup's over. Yeah, Brazil's like, there's out. no
1: point in watching this shit anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like, stuff like, like that. They went. They got real American, right? They're like, "Fuck this, <laughs> we're Like, with why this would shit. I? Like, it's gonna be zero zero, and they're gonna be it's gonna be zero zero for the penalty kicks, mm-hmm. and they're gonna do penalty kicks again, and it's just. Like, They kind of
0: just were like, Ugh. it was very negative, exactly. Yeah. And it, you know, it was, it was, and part of it, I know this doesn't make sense or sounds kind of dumb when I say this, but I, I really do think that Brazil being on color televisions, like, so when the 1970 team won in yellow and it was a like high-tech color, everybody got seen, yeah. it, it was really pretty. And I think it's the same kind of shit when you see Brazil do this, you see like they're their flowing color and it's like a dance and all this kind of shit, like. To see them lose was kind of devastating. Like, like I think yeah, that's a, that's the like, thing is like you see people talking about them crying when they lost. Like I cried once when Brazil lost a World Cup game. It was 1998. They lost to France. Was, I was drunk. Was Kaká on that? No, team? not yet. No Kaká. I'm yet? just saying. When are like, well, we gonna get the Kaká? 2002. We'll discuss him right. in a bit. But, but my point is like people were upset that this team lost, right? Like it, it was yeah, sad. Understand? I mean. I don't cry over sports because I'm a grown man, I'm but adult. I'm but again, we're talking about know, na- passions run deep. Or some of the 19, remember the 1950 people were jumping off the rafters when yeah, they got, yeah, So I like this is a big deal for Brazil. Yeah. Brazil loses this game. Uh, I believe that I think that Germany beats France. Like I said, and I think Italy beats Poland. Italy ends up beating Germany three to one in the World Cup final. Paolo yeah. Rossi, as you said. Played like um, shit, and then in the last two or last rounds of the tournament ends up scoring six, six goals. Six goals,
1: yeah. Got the, what is it called, the golden boot? Golden boot, boot leading yeah, scorer. So, so
0: he started off his six with a hat trick in Brazil in the second round, and then just started to dominate and dominate. And yeah,
1: and it, I, I don't know much about him. I kind of looked him up a little bit. He seemed like he was a pretty decent player. He was solid. Wasn't, wasn't the world beater that he kind of turned into for three games at the end of the World Cup.
0: Which... When you talk about say Italian soccer, that's kind of what they are. They're a machine. They play defense. You have a role in that in that machine. Yeah. Do your job. Sometimes you will what's the term? Be a highlighter. You will you will come out on top or you will, you will shine as as a as a member of that operation machine. And sure enough, he did. He came to play. Cemented his legacy as a great World Cup goal scorer. Yeah. Italy wins their third World Cup. So at this point, Brazil had been the only team to win three. Italy is now the second three-time champion. Sure. Even though, in my opinion, those first two should get asterisks because they won their first two in 1930 and 1934 under Benito Mussolini. And one of those was... Uh, I'm sorry, 1934 and 1938. And then one of those, they actually hosted the tournament. So it's kind of questionable. And in, in the other one, they actually... It's
1: like, how come Italy gets to play with two balls? They
0: actually stole a bunch of players from Argentina and put them on, on their team and end up helping them win the World Cup again. So there was controversy. Whatever, you can disagree with me all you want. But Italy was their third championship and now you know brazil is left to pick up the pieces sure and so basically like what ends up happening is uh, what ends up happening is that brazil now goes into this like reboot recycle where they don't have to be pragmatic this 1982 loss was the end of a 25 year era basically from yeah. 58 to 82 where they won their 3 where they showed the world how to play fun loving soccer people got to see what this country is supposed to be like got to see like the yeah. samba I think you see in that video you see some very beautiful women dancing all over the place like that's what Brazil essentially you know like and I
1: saw yeah I saw a lot of parallels to our uh, the last 82 team we talked about the Brewers they were kind of like a, like a free flowing free swinging you know group of guys and and the fans and just loved everyone them everyone loved them and, and, and to that point so we talked about when the Brewers came back after they uh, initially lost the World Series which now we all know that they won they won but, yeah uh-huh. um when they, when they came back, uh, there was a huge parade, and, and they came back as heroes, and from what I understand, the 82 national Brazil team came back under the same circumstances, and from what I heard, I heard that they, uh, they came back as heroes, and the manager received a standing ovation from over 300 journalists. That's crazy. Journalists can be some mean-ass motherfuckers, especially if, in sports, especially if if national pride is on the line they'll, they they will rip you apart but i think they gave this team so much credit for being themselves yep, and not compromising on their game that it it, it was more the the beautiful game to them was more than than whether or not they won or lost which i think they took they took soccer to a high art that unfortunately Never got replicated after. Well, to, maybe to a degree. Has, no, no, I'm but, not going to argue. No, no. I, I like to hear that. You're absolutely the right. Brief, the, 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 the next generation that came up after them it,
0: it
1: became more pragmatic
0: in their approach to the game rather than. I would agree with team. you. And, and the point you're making, you kind of hit them up. You're hitting the next point I want to make. So, as I say, we talk about Pele, we talk about Ronaldinho, we talk about, about uh, Ronaldo. These are World Cup champions, winners, right? Legends. And people like Zico and Socrates, who have not won, Are up on that Rushmore, up in that Pantheon, and just like you said, they're they're not all the
1: guys you just said. I I've heard of. I had before we before we decided that this was a topic. I had never heard of Socrates, this Socrates, and never heard of
0: Zico. Zico, but as you've done the research, you see like they're beloved, like they're 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 legends in the Brazilian game. They're legends of Brazilian people, and so to the point that Brian was making about the pragmatism, eighty six has a bunch of these same players from the eighty two team. But they're older, mm-hmm. and like you said, Socrates smoking two packs of cigarettes a day would yeah, probably I mean, affect his career. A, you know what I mean? Zico,
1: uh, he probably eaten poorly made beef stroganoff and
0: bad shit. I think yeah. I think Zico had broken a leg going into the '86 World Cup, so he's not the same player. Like like like, we have a handful of guys on this '86 team uh, that will be on the 1994 team. Just remember that, yeah. uh, and so. Again, in 82, we had nobody from from Pele's era, right? Yeah. Or we had... We had one guy, you said. One guy. Uh, no, I messed that up, actually. I'm sorry. In 82, he was not there. The guy was brought back in the 86 World Cup. Okay. So he was left off the 82 16 team.
1: 16 years later. How old was he?
0: He was 20 at the 70 World Cup, and I think he was like 30, 38, 36. Okay. I can look it up, but I don't want to bore that our would, fans. But be. whatever. The fact is that he yeah. didn't make the 82 team, Yeah. and then he was brought back to the 86 team. And so on this 86 team, we have some old dudes, we have some real old dudes, we have a handful of young guys, and this team just isn't very good. They're, they don't do what they're supposed to do. They end mm-hmm. up going to Mexico and underwhelming significantly. They end up losing again in what's the best game of the tournament? A one to one game, so not even a lot of goals, and in PKs. 1990.
1: Americans love goals.
0: Yeah, that was exactly. Soccer. They want to love that shit. Exactly. 1990, Brazil shows up again. Now it's serious. We're, we're going to win on defense. And it's a boring-ass team, and they get knocked out in the second round. It's the worst performance by a Brazilian national team ever. You know what I mean? Like, they've never gotten that bad. Finally, in 1994, 24 years after the championship, Brazil still plays this pragmatic style of soccer and wins. I love that team. Like, that's one of my Brazilian teams. You know, I I remember watching the World Cup here in the the United States. uh, Wasn't there a guy
1: named Romario? Raw Rom- Mario. Oh, Mario. I just remember uh, him because Mario. <laughs> and I was in the n- Nintendo, was big. And that team 94. was really, really good. They I'm oh, not the- mistaken, he wore number 10, too, didn't he? Mm, he you was know, number 11. I guess I was mistaken. Sorry, mistaken. But whatever,
0: the point I'm making is this team was a World Cup, right? Okay. But in Brazil, I've been there a couple times now, and I talk to people, that 94 team isn't held in the same regard sure. as the 82 team. Yes, there's great pride at the time that they won the fourth, and we were that the four-time champions, and yeah. that part was fantastic. But people didn't love them because they play defense. Like they that yeah. team, that team outscored its opponents ten to four in that World Cup tournament. So like in seven games they scored ten. It's not fantastic. And in the last game, as I said, 0-0, and they win in PKs. Boring final, and that that, that has a big. I think that has a big perception of how people look at that team. But they won the tournament. Yeah. Like, that's the bottom I mean, line, is that they, they they won the final, and no one seems to remember that shit, or nothing to remember it. They're just not as loved yeah. as this team that lost. Sure. And so i tell you something. Again, now, 94, 98, the 2002, they want to bring this shit back. They want to they wanna yeah. be an offensive team again. They want to have fun. They want to bring mm-hmm. Joao Benito again. And they end up losing the final 98, big deal. It sucked. It, it, you know, like, like, Ronaldo had a seizure. It was, it was, it was kind of a big deal. Yeah. You know, so we have to go back to 2002, 20 years after this golden generation where Brazil brings you a truly Brazilian world champion. That team scored all the goals, didn't give up no kind of weak goals on defense, yeah. scored beautiful like scissor kicks and volleys and upper 90s, like the same type of goals that you have in that AA 2 team. But again, it took you 20 years to get back to that, and Brazil's never been there again because we yeah. have not been able to adjust to the new pragmatic style that we live in like with Spain. I I don't love Spain. People say they're the greatest team in the world at this time. This twenty ten team, yes, they were awesome. They had like sixty to forty possession all the time. But bro, they won every game like one nothing. She was so boring. Like yeah, that was boring. I, mean,
1: I uh, like I said, I'm not I'm not a real soccer fan. I don't. I mean, I can't really say that I would be a huge bigger fan if they scored more goals. But it, I'm sure it would. This they would have ingratiated themselves more in the American culture if. If they would have won, if the 82 team would have won, and if that style of soccer would have proliferated a little longer.
0: Because, um, be- Europe and. You're hitting it. Elsewhere. Thank you. Because parts of it did. Because if you watch some of those goals, there's a left defender in Brazil. His name is Junior. He's essentially the prototype of what defenders are now. Like, yes, defenders were always supposed to kind of get in the attack, but it didn't always work out that way. This guy got in the attack, and and the goals they were scoring were the kind of goals you see now, where it's like. Wall passes and splitting the defense from like forty yards out, like like real like modern soccer, like and they ushered in some aspects of the modern game, but because they didn't handle some of the other aspects of the modern game, they couldn't they couldn't win. And as you said, they, they affected some of the European game, but not enough as as they could have or as they probably yeah. should have had they won the tournament. Sure. And I mean, at the end of the day, like like that's the premise, right? This A two team deserves an alternative history, or this 82 team should have won the World Cup because of the way they played, and thus it deserves an alternative history. Sure. What do you think?
1: So, kind of like with the 1982 Brewers, I kind of, I wanted the Brewers to win because I thought they were the better team. And I always think in sports, the better team will always win. There are injuries and bad days. Unfortunately, with this tournament, the way it was set up, it it, it it kind of turned into a one game elimination for Brazil, and I heard one of the players say that it was just it just wasn't there. It was Italy's day. He thinks if they played for five more hours, Italy still would have won. Uh, yep, yeah, I appreciate so, that.
0: That's good. That's a good point.
1: So whether or not if 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 we if they replay the game, they would have won. I don't know technically enough about soccer, but I'm going to say from my selfish point of view, as someone who knows absolutely nothing about soccer. I would appreciate soccer a lot more if if the 82 style that they played had won out and you know took over you know the way soccer was played so in my opinion in, in my through my research that I did how I feel about soccer how I wanted how I would want soccer to be played I am going I'm giving them the alternative history I'm saying they they beat Italy they go on and I think it would have been who uh, they would have played Poland right yep. I'm pretty sure they would have they would smash Taylor them around. yeah and then I think and they would have beat Germany and then and then Germany
0: yeah interesting that's it's it's, it's an interesting point
1: I mean no, I, I I was kind of wavering on giving it to him because I know the only reason they lost because of themselves yeah. like they lost because of the way they played would would have would that have would that have happened uh, you know, over and over and over again. I don't. I don't. It, it doesn't seem to me that it would because they were just they were kicking the shit out of everybody.
0: Above. And even that game, like when they were playing bad, they still scored goals. And like,
1: and there was a couple goals. Like there was a goal at the end that I and I don't know what the rules are with how like how when, uh, the ball whether it ha- whether it has to be co- completely over the line, which is the
0: rule though. which is not like the rule. Has to be over the line. But.
1: Okay, and it was close as shit. Like you're, we're talking like just fuck, like just centimeters. And I'm glad you bring and, this up because and that would that would have been the equalizer and that would have sent them. I mean, it's, there was like
0: everything that could have not gone right went the way for you. Yeah. And I want to bring a point about the goal line technology. like that's kind of one of the issues with soccer. Like they're, they're one of the slowest sports to, and, uh, to adhere to or accept technology. And so there were several goals in the history of the game that went off the crossbar, mm-hmm. went down. And it was a referee's decision. So the 1966 World Cup final was determined on one of these plays. Like, you, we still don't know if it went in or not. Yeah. So, leading. So, like, up until 2012, 2013, they were still anti goal line technology people in the game telling you we shouldn't be doing this shit. We don't want to do this. It wasn't up until World Cup 2014 where we actually. Had this technology in place where you knew whether or not a goal was a goal. It's so like, to your point, you might be right. If we had that type back then, maybe. I mean, who knows? Who knows? It looked. It looked. It looked like it.
1: It was on the line at the very least. I don't know what what the what the so rules are. But, yeah. yeah. So, it, so I mean, regardless, you know, I I I really liked this team. I, I mentioned before. I thought the Socrates character was just fantastic. just amazing. Amazing. Yeah. I agree. Um, and I think they were the better team. I mean. It just seemed like there was such a, a a good piece of luck on Italy's end to get you know these mistakes. I mean, granted, you know, part of winning is being able to capitalize on other teams' mistakes, but I don't think they make those mistakes over and over again.
0: That's an interesting point. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm that Brazil Italy didn't not only one that they missed on a, uh, on a post. But then they also have one where like it was a one on one, and like Sean Connery referred to the guy missing it like a lazy Sunday, like, you know, like lazy a, Sunday afternoon soccer game type. You no, know, he
1: said uh, like a like a Sunday gambler or something like that. I don't I have no idea what that references to. It's probably some crazy, maybe something that only Sean Connery understands. <laughs>
0: but basically, but, he was one on one. Yeah, he yeah, was you yeah, wide open. It. Yeah, you yeah, can't miss yeah. yeah. that shit.
1: And he missed it. Okay, and, and I would like it's kind of like when I was watching the end of the the, the Brewers game seven. Where I, I just kind of, so I started rooting for him, even though I knew the outcome. Which is, it's kind of that's a weird, weird. It's like when you, it's like yeah. when you watch a really me, good movie over and over, and you you still get that weird feeling in the pit of your stomach because you some think something, something else might happen yes, if you absolutely. keep on watching it. And like when I saw that, I was just kind of like, ugh, yeah, I don't, this might not go well for Brazil today. <laughs> no. Nope. But that's why we're here to right the wrongs of history, and uh, I'm 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 giving it to. The eighty-two Brazil national team.
0: Uh, I so going back to the, the Brewers thing. I'm, I don't want to be a homer. I don't want to just give it to him. Same with this Brazil because I'm from Brazil. I just yeah. want to be a homer and just give it to him. And as someone who knows the game and loves the game, I, I surprised myself and actually did not give him the alternative history. I said that did not. They did not. blasphemous deserve it. Rod. Well, you know, here's my a couple things, right? You know, errors have to end, like. You had a good run for twenty five years. Like in theory you, you were undefeated for that seventy eight World Cup. You might have could've won that one as well. And you were the best team they had too. You didn't win it. That shit happens. But you didn't play any defense. Like just bear with me one second. I gotta find my thing yeah, here. I think true. I think that they ended up giving up what did they give up here. I think that they ended up going fifteen goals for and six against. Which which is not too bad, right? It's a pretty good goal differential plus eleven. But just, just real quick, I don't want to bore everybody, but I think that like the German team that won in 2014, they went 18 and four, like 18 goals and four against. Like, I think that the uh, the Brazil team in '94 that won, 10 goals, four assists or 10 goals, four against. Like, they they didn't play enough defense to win. Like, that's one thing, right? The second thing, not even if they didn't play enough defense to win, but just tactics. If you need a re- if you need a result, you need a draw. Play for the draw. Like, goddamn yeah. it! Like when I watch that shit, it's like, oh my god, just you have a game, you hate. If the game ended, after you scored, you qualify. Just play. <laughs> You're getting the, hot and bothered about it
1: even now. I bet.
0: So I think,
1: yeah, I, I get that. Yeah, and I, and I and I think part of the reason why I kind of fell in love with the team, researching them, and I think why, like a lot of people love them, is because they never, they didn't change the way they were. And part and of that's to me, good, right? And I kind of have a man crush on Socrates, even <laughs> though God, you know, R.I.P. Well, but like I, I just think that. In my and, and and I and sometimes I come from it how from like what do I want my perfect world to be? And in my perfect world I want the eighty two Brewers to win. I don't want Metallica to win the Grammy. I, I don't want the jazz singer to be nominated for an Oscar for best picture and I do mm-hmm. want the nineteen eighty two Brazil national team to win because I just think the way they played and granted again, you know, coming from, you know, layman's uh, perspective, I just think the way they played would have been more entertaining to me it would have made it open it up to i think the 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 united states would have uh, uh, you know climbed down to it more over like earlier. kind of like how the nba got turned around with the the style of play with larry bird and magic johnson which was and granted they kind of like looked at them as opposing figures but they played similar as flashy games. ball yeah. you know a lot of passing a lot of
0: scoring yeah
1: fast breaking like and I think that same thing would have happened with this. St-
0: I feel you. Like I could argue that. But let me let me put it put it this way. I understand this American idealization of not compromising. And so in Brazil, playing offense and not being pragmatic and not compromising, I get that. But we're here from Wisconsin. You like the Green Bay Packers. As much as I like the Green Bay Packers, one of the big knocks on, on this modern era, right, is that Michael McCarthy is this great uh, tactician, this great game planner, but he can't make adjustments. And I think yeah. that that's ruining this era of Packers. I look at that 82 Brazil team and think the same kind of thing. Like, if you just make one or two adjustments, you win the tournament, or at least go on. You know what I mean? And it ends up being a big deal. And similarly to your argument about Metallica not winning and how, by them not winning, how their stuff played out, Yeah, I kind of look at this 82 team the same way, that because they didn't play it, they had to readjust and make some changes like you couldn't be this offensive team when everybody else is. So you're switched.
1: you're coming from the point of view that if 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 they had won this one you don't think that they would have sustained it out to win the next the two that they did I th- I
0: think they I don't think they would have Exactly I think that they would have had a problem with that and I think that I think that not only would they have a problem sustaining their style I think that players like Kaká who ends up being in this 2000 team the 2002 team and ends up being a world player of the year and players like Ronaldo, another two-time World Player of the Year, and Ronaldinho, another World Player of the Year, they don't develop the same way. If Brazil wins that eighty-two World Cup,
1: well, if they're if if me, if by me saying the eighty-two team win, wins, it means there's no caca. I <laughs> may have to rethink. <laughs> no, and, no. I'm but my point I'm, is, I'm willing to sacrifice caca for this.
0: And the thing is, like, and the reason I say that again, I, I go back to that two thousand two team. That for me is the best team ever. Like. I don't give a fuck what anybody said. I'll take that Brazil team versus this modern Spain team. And I think that this Brazil team, the 2002, yeah. would have stopped this 82 team because they just would have been able to adjust. Because like, that's the main thing. If you can't adjust, how do you plan on winning anything? Like, It's just like an all-sports. And that's the thing that keeps bothering me when I look at it. We watch the highlights. Man, they scored some pretty-ass goals. But you saw it. Some of the goals that they gave up were atrocious defense, the terrible mistakes. Like, You, you can't do that if you're going to win championships. Yeah. And. and yeah. Just because you know in the first rounds you do that, and then you pick it up, and you still kick everybody's ass. That's cool, but you really got to win, man. It, it takes—it's so much to go your way to be able to win any kind of championship. To have it all set up your way, and you're doing your thing right, and you don't want to make an adjustment. Ends up driving me a little bit crazy, man. And, and because they refuse to make that adjustment, I just cannot give this eighty-two team that that alternative history. And, and much as like I want to, because like you say, man, shit was fun to watch. Like even yeah. the highlights, even watching the goals, even watching like just the little clips that you go research. It, 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 they bring like the joy of the game to people. Like that's what they that's what they kind of always did. You know what I mean? It's it's a it's a conundrum. But at the end of the day, I still don't think that they that they were going to get it because sure. they just didn't do what needed to be done. They didn't play with enough tactics. They weren't incorporating enough of the modern game. And they didn't play defense. They weren't it, able to
1: to adjust. To, they weren't able to change who they were as a team. Their their DNA as
0: a team. To exactly. And thus, for it. me, they do not get it. So there you have it. The nineteen eighty two Brazilian national team. Uh, wow. Do not get one of mine. Get one. Get, do not get an alternative history. In my opinion, they do in Brian's. Please tell us what you think. Again, you can reach us at alternativehistorypodcast at gmail yeah, and on Twitter at
1: alternativehistory at alt Let us know. Am I full of shit? Am I shit? full of shit? does um, my voice rock uh, Yeah, or does it like uh, you make know you... <laughs> make you want to like beg for mercy and you know make you. Realize there is no God. But I'm, well,
0: that's <laughs> a little too much, but little whatever, little that's fine. Important. So, welcome but or come back next week. Uh, where we'll be discussing Waterworld. Yeah, the the phenomenally awesome. Uh, Waterworld Kevin Costner <laughs> uh, uh I'm a
1: big fan. Yes. And I think you will you will realize that uh, when we talk about it um, next week. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Peace.